Hi, sweet friend. Welcome back to the podcast and happy new year. So happy to have you here. Today, we're going to be talking all about how we marry one of our parents. I know, sounds a little strange, (laughs) but I promise it's true. And I think you'll understand what I mean by the end of the episode. In the meantime, if you are struggling in your marriage, I would love to invite you to watch my free webinar that's all about how you can save your marriage. And I think you'll get a lot of value out of it. So head on over to erinjeanlove.com. That's E-R-I-N-J-E-A-N-L-O-V-E.com. Register for the webinar, and I'd love to hear your feedback after you watch it. All right, without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to the Business of Inner Peace. I'm your host, Erin Jean, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's pretend we're sitting in my living room enjoying a cup of coffee or tea and getting to know each other just a little better. That's what I love. I love getting to hear your story. I love feeling connected by the spirit of understanding that our stories bring. Today, I'm sharing some of my story, but I hope someday soon you'll be telling me yours. Listen, I know that you're feeling overwhelmed with life and nothing is exactly how you'd like it to be. Your marriage is not what you hoped for. Motherhood is harder than you imagined. And you've lost yourself somewhere in the mix of responsibilities. Well, if you're ready to bring some more peace and joy into your life, reconnect with God who made you and start living a life you love, then grab your cup of coffee or tea and let's dive into today's show. Yay, a happy new year and welcome to today's episode. I'm super glad that you are here. So I don't know about you, but... Of course, my December involved some holiday parties. And, you know, you're always making fun, chit chat, small talk at those parties. And of course, one of the most common questions that you'll get from a stranger, especially if you live in America, (laughs) this isn't as common in Europe, uh, which is kind of interesting in in and of itself. But one of the questions you will get is, so what do you do? And I notice men are always really careful about this question at a party because they don't want to belittle a woman in any way if she is a homemaker. So um, I notice they often will say, are you CEO of the house or do you do something else? Which is kind of a fun way of asking that. Anyhow, I'm at this party, one of my husband's friends uh, from a basketball group. So he's never met me before. He asked me, what do I do? And when I explained to him that I was a relationship coach and I specialized in helping women save their marriages from divorce without involving their husbands, he uh, was super interested. (laughs) And he, he said, oh my gosh, he grabbed his wife, like, come here, you have to listen to this. And he said to me, you know, what is one of the most interesting things that you find about people in marriage. And sometimes when you have this knowledge of the subconscious mind, you kind of forget that not everybody knows this stuff. So 
just, you know, oh, yeah, of course, one of the most interesting things is that most people marry one of their parents. And I kind of thought that was common knowledge because I've heard therapists and psychiatrists say this kind of thing before, too. But they were dumbfounded. You could just see the look on their face like, what? And of course, the first question that pops in your mind is, which one of my parents did I marry? (laughs) And then when your spouse is right next to you, your spouse is also wondering, which one of your parents am I? Ah, (laughs) it can feel really uncomfortable. And um, obviously, it's not our intent as we start off into marriage to marry one of our parents. And the interesting thing that the wife said after that was like, oh, yeah, I've heard that. And it's to heal a relationship with one of your parents, right? It's because you need to heal it. And I'm going to say yes and no, but mostly no. So let's talk about first the why you are marrying one of your parents and then why I'm more leaning towards the no on your doing it to heal the relationship with them. And well, I'll explain the the why you marry first and then I'll give you an example so maybe you can wrap your head around it a little better. So remember, when I've talked about subconscious programming before, again, all of this is happening on the subconscious level, meaning it's underneath your consciousness. You're not doing it on purpose consciously. You don't even realize you're making this choice. But your subconscious has been wired from in utero all the way through about age eight or nine. And it also remembers everything that's ever happened in your life from in utero all the way to right now. And it's making about 95% of your decisions every single day from that space. Now, the interesting thing is its purpose is to keep you safe and alive. And when I use that word safe, let me clarify. It's not like keep you all warm and cozy and happy. Most of us might think of that when we think of the word safe. Really, it's more about survival. So it just wants to make sure you survive. And your subconscious mind is very non-judgmental, meaning it doesn't live through any events and think, I really liked that or I really hated that. It has no judgment or opinion about any event that you live through. But what it does notice is whether or not you survived the event. So if you grew up in a household with abusive or alcoholic parents or irresponsible parents or just any kind of dysfunction that you can think of and you survived it, which if you're listening to this right now, sounds like you did, (laughs) you're alive and you survived, your subconscious has wired that as safety, meaning, oh, we can survive this, this will keep us safe, as love and comfort, 
as something that you want to do on repeat, mostly from the place of because you survived it, not truly from an emotional space or a judgmental space of, I really liked that and I want to do it again. But what your subconscious does is says, oh, that's amazing. We survived that. And now let's do it over and over and over again on repeat because we know for a fact that we will survive this. So for myself, I had a more difficult relationship with my mother, not because she's a more difficult person by any means, but because she was really unhealthy. Side note, my father's unhealthy too. And side note, probably both of your parents are also unhealthy. (laughs) We all come from unhealthy, dysfunctional parents because we're just humans doing the best that we can in this world. But on the scale of issues and pain and hurt, my mom had a lot more. And she definitely was struggling with some form of depression, some form of potentially um, bipolar disorder or personality disorder. I, she, as far as I know, she's never been diagnosed with anything. But when I've spent time with therapists and spent time reading materials, she fits a lot of the descriptions of this, all of these things, even um, descriptions of a narcissist. What that really means is she was not available to me to have a healthy mother-daughter relationship. And I spent pretty much all of my childhood and a lot of my adulthood trying to figure out how to get that woman to love me because her actions really never felt to me like she loved me. And she obviously told me often with her words, and she writes really lovely cards, so very loving words in her cards, she told me that she loved me, but her actions never made me feel loved. And because she was often depressed and maybe asleep on the couch, um, I took all of that to be my fault and my thing to solve or fix as a child. Like I really did honestly think that if she was in a bad mood or asleep on the couch or whatever it was, I thought it was my fault. And I also thought I could somehow change it. And so I spent a lot of my energy and thought process and time trying to do that. So I married my mom. (laughs) And no, my husband is really nothing like my mom in way of personality or anything like that. But a dynamic existed between him and I. And your subconscious is so crazy smart that it can pick these things out and recognize when someone is going to have similar attributes so that you can continue to play out the pattern, the cycle, because your subconscious knows that you will survive it. And so my subconscious 
because it's brilliant and smart, helped me pick out a man that would complete that pattern with me, the pattern of me feeling like whatever his mood was, whatever his words were, it was my fault that somehow, some way I could do something to get him to love me, like me, to be pleased with me. Super unhealthy people-pleasing tendencies, again, that all got wired into me as a child from this dysfunction with my parents. I brought that right into my marriage. And so my marriage quickly became a verbally and emotionally abusive space because, quite frankly, I allowed it. And of course, I allowed it because I was already wired and set up for this program, right, of trying to earn someone's love, trying to do things to keep someone pleased with me, really not feeling worthy of love just for being who I am, but feeling like I always needed to be doing something to earn the love. And so that is the dynamic that was at play with my mom and I was safe and I survived. And so as I grew up, my subconscious said, well, let's pick a man where we can do the same thing. Now, fast forward down the road, as I became aware of my subconscious programming, and as I began to use these amazing tools to rewire it, I completely changed the course of my life. I completely changed my marriage. And I don't have that same dynamic anymore because I allowed it to be safe for my subconscious mind to have something different. Often your subconscious mind won't let you choose anything different because it doesn't believe you that it's going to be safe. And you can see this a lot with people that have unhealthy patterns whether it's around money or around abuse or around alcohol, um, they can do really well for a certain amount of time of their own willpower or even around food, right? This exists around, a lot around food. They can do really well for maybe like a month tops on willpower alone. But you hit a point where the subconscious is going to freak out because it has no evidence or proof that it would actually survive your life being any different than it is. And so it begins to do things to basically undermine you to get you back into the pattern, back into the program that it knows you're going to survive. So here's why I disagree with the gal that was saying you marry a parent to heal the relationship. Because ultimately, when you think about it, if you become aware of your subconscious programming and then you begin to do the work and use the tools to rewire it, a happy side effect is possibly healing this relationship with what your parent, whoever it is. So it's definitely possible. But if you are coming from the thought process that I married my quote unquote moms, <laughs> right? Because I wanted to heal the relationship with my mom. 
then you would make all of your decisions, once you have that awareness, trying to fix the relationship with your mother. That's what I would do, right? And that's actually what I did. When I first started going to therapy, which was just a couple of years into our marriage, I thought that I was going there because my marriage was difficult. But the whole topic of conversation in therapy quickly turned to my mom. And then I realized I had a lot of healing and work to do there. And so I spent a long time, like 18, 19 years, working on all of these issues with my mom, really putting forth a lot of effort to try to heal it, right? To try to heal what was going on with my mom. And guess what? Doing that never changed the programming. It never brought me the result that I was wanting. Um, It didn't change my marriage. My marriage continued to get worse and worse. And it actually didn't bring any healing or joy or connectedness with my mom. In fact, I would say it didn't cause me a lot of pain, but following some of the advice of a therapist to try to like put up boundaries that were really not true boundaries because they were more about trying to control my mom than to make me feel safe. That ended up hurting my mom a ton. And to this day, she still talks about, you know, this time period where I put down some boundaries, quote unquote, I've got air quotes around the word boundaries here (laughs) to, um, give myself some space from her. And uh, I told her, you know, about it. And I didn't talk to her for who knows how long it really was. It was probably six months or so. But I think for her, it felt like an eternity. And it was a very painful time. And not that boundaries can't be painful. But when you're doing a boundary in a wrong way, when the boundary is really about trying to control someone else, you're way, way, way off course, and it is going to cause a lot of pain and damage. So anyhow, that's a side note. I digress from the topic here, but this is why I disagree that, you know, yes, there's probably healing um, available, would be healthy. I don't even know if I want to use the word necessary, but there's healing possible. There's space for healing with that parent, and maybe you have the desire to heal But I don't think that's really why you're choosing the partner that you're choosing. Knowing what I know about the subconscious mind, I really fully believe that you do that on a subconscious level to continue this pattern so that you can stay safe, (laughs) feel loved, you know, quote unquote loved, meaning like you're good, everything's okay. And like you will survive because it's a dynamic and a program that your subconscious mind knows very well. And it knows that it will keep you alive if it keeps you in the program. So I wanted to invite you to just a few things to think about. First off would be, you know, what parent did I marry? And if you're looking for blatant clues like, similar personality, similar way of doing things, that's totally going to lead you off course. 
the real way to figure it out is to find the emotion. What are like the top three most dominant emotions that you experience with your parent? Like think about both of your parents and the emotions that are present and then look for, let that emotion be the clue, look for that in your spouse. Like, oh, do I often experience this emotion over and over with my spouse? So again, just because I know it helps to have the example of someone else with myself and my mom, I felt like I wasn't good enough. I felt like I had to do something or be a certain way to get her to be happy, to get her approval, to get her love. And I often felt kind of just alone and unworthy of love because we weren't connected, if that makes any sense. And as I sat with that and was really looking for those emotions being present, those same emotions were very present with my husband. Everything that I was doing with him was about trying to keep him happy, pleased. If he showed any sign of stress or anger, I took it on as my mission to figure out what did I do that made him that feel that way? And what could I do to change his mood? Which really, like, none of that is my responsibility, right? And then, of course, it just set me up for anything that he said to me that was unkind. I just believed and I took it and I took it especially in an effort to keep him happy. Like I thought that if I just went along with any of it, um, in the end, it would keep him happy and all of that stuff. So that's something for you to think about is what are those emotional red flags that you can find that are the common denominator? And what is the pattern that you have with one of your parents? And by the way, this could also be a caretaker. It could be like a grandparent or, you know, somebody that was a predominant adult in your life um, where there's a pattern going that you would have wired in as safe and it kept you alive. So um, that is something to think about. And then if you are ready to put the pattern to an end, to begin to rewire your subconscious mind, that, my friend, is where I come in. And sadly, this isn't something you really can do alone. First, you need someone to help you start to recognize the programs. It is so hard to do on your own. You know how it's so much easier to see what's wrong with everyone else, and it's much harder to look in the mirror and to see what's wrong with you kind of the same thing with your subconscious programming. Sometimes it's really hard to recognize and you need someone who's so good at it to come alongside you and help point it out. And then once you've recognized the pattern, 
you really need to know how to use these specific tools to help rewire. Obviously, I mostly work with women in my 90-day program, and it's around having a very painful marriage. But if your marriage is fine and you're just noticing there's some unhealthy patterns in your life that you'd really like to rewire, I'm here for that too. And I have a monthly women's support group that's called The Healing Circle, and this is the kind of stuff that we do. We get together once a month. We talk about what's going on, what's up for us, what we're dealing with, and then I will help you identify the programming that's alive and well in your life, and I'll also give you practical tools on how to begin rewiring it, and we always do use one of those tools whenever we're together because they're really good to practice. So hopefully this has got your mind turning about lots of interesting things, and I can't wait to connect with you someday soon. So please reach out to me. You can email me anytime with questions. I've got all of my contact information in the show notes, and I just wish you a blessed day. I hope this gave you something interesting to think about. And hey, why not make a goal for the new year to be to rewire one of your subconscious programs? I know for a fact that your life will be so much better because you did. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're feeling blessed by the content here, the number one way you can show me is by leaving me a written review of the show. I'd be forever grateful knowing that you're out there listening helps me know that I'm truly living out God's purpose in my life. The other thing you can do is take a screenshot of this episode, share it with a friend, or better yet, tag me on your Instagram stories. Remember, you are seen, known, and loved. May God richly bless you today. All my love, Erin Jean.